0: refer to the same thing although there are some different connotations but you find uh, verse number one here It talks about the law of the Lord as we read through we find words like statutes and testimonies and precepts and and all of these things and commandments but we as we consider these things they all again have a slightly different connotation but they all point back to the word of God it's the word of God that reveals to us God himself, his holiness, his expectation for us, his commandments, the principles that he wants us to live by. And all throughout this chapter, the 119th Psalm, we are reminded of the benefit and the help and, and the necessity of the word of God for the people of God. This particular psalm, is, it, it takes on the form of a kind of like an acrostic, and it's divided up into different sections that are based upon the Hebrew alphabet, and each section begins with a letter, the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and so it's, it's broken down into these, uh, into these various sections. It's a very powerful uh, thing if you consider that. Now, if you remember, the book of Psalms really was a collection of what we would call poetry, but it was songs that were sung. Uh, by, the, by the Israelites, by God's people in that time, and it really served as the, the Jewish hymnal, if you will. It was, it was a, a book full of songs that they would sing and memorize from a young age. I want you to think about that for a moment, that, uh, how helpful that must have been for the Jewish people to learn the Word of God through songs. We learn a lot through singing, don't we? One of the first things we, we teach our kids is the English alphabet. We teach them that alphabet by a song, don't we? A very simple song that all of us know very well. Because we somehow, as human beings, we learn through song. We, we memorize through song. And so uh, the, the Jews would then take the, the word of God as written in the Psalms. They would put that to music. They would sing it and then be reminded of that. So they were to live by the Word of God, but I want you to think about the fact, too, that they, uh, they didn't have the privilege that we have today of carrying around copies of the Word of God uh, in their hands. And so, uh, you know, they might have some scrolls and things like that in the various synagogues where they would, where they would worship, but really the, the only way that they could live by the Word of God was to memorize it, commit it to memory, and think on those things. So it was, certainly was a helpful thing. Uh, to uh, put these things to song. And in a, in a song that was as long as Psalm 119 here, <laughs> imagine how difficult that would have been to memorize all of that. So it was broken down into sections where it would be uh, easy to memorize. And, and think about this also. They didn't have the convenience of having the Bible divided up into chapters and verses like we have. The, the Bible as originally written was basically in paragraph form and it was just you know if it was the prophets it was their prophecies kind of spelled out in paragraph form or in the Psalms it was one individual psalm uh, at a time or uh, within even the New Testament the epistles would have been just a letter that was written so we're very accustomed to saying turn to Psalm 119 verse 1 and we all go to the same place and immediately know where that is, or we can make a reference to a particular verse, and if it's a familiar verse, we immediately know what we're talking about, right? What does John three sixteen say, or Ephesians two eight and nine? We 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 know these things. They didn't have that luxury. In fact, if you were to uh, just hold your place here, I want to show you this. Even in Jesus's day, go with me to Luke chapter number four. Luke chapter four. Even when Jesus came uh, on the scene here in the world. Uh, It was still the same way. And we see him going into a synagogue and uh, reading the scriptures, but they didn't have the the luxury of just opening a book to a particular page or a a, a particular chapter and verse. It says here in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse number 17, this is Jesus as he went into the synagogue. It says there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he closed the book, and gave it again to the minister and sat down. So you have this this situation where apparently there was something, they called it a book, but as far as we know it was like a scroll that was handed to him and it was a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Now Isaiah is a long book in the Bible. And so Jesus, it says he found the place where it was written. He would have had to open it up and scroll it out. and He knew what he was looking for, but he had to find it there on the pages, that's kind of how they they live, they didn't have it, they didn't just carry a Bible into church like we do today, open it up, it was within the synagogue, it was something that had to be, you know, kind of searched through and read to find the place that you want to read, and so, again, I'm just making reference to the fact that this particular psalm is really unique, in that it was divided out in a way that would have been easy for them to memorize, and even kind of you know, broken down into sections where they could have at least referenced the section of verses uh, that, you know, that, that we're, we're looking at. For instance, here, they would have been able to say, well, that's that's the letter A or or Aleph, that that Hebrew uh, uh, letter. And so it's kind of an interesting psalm when we look at it in that sense that it's broken down for us in that way. But I think that the Lord directed this because it was such an important thing this particular psalm was so important for God's people to know and understand and memorize. It was something that they needed to really receive and get. That, that the word of God is essential to the life of a believer in Christ. Uh, essential to the life of God's people. And I hope that you tonight recognize and, and, and live by that. But the reality is that many Christians do not really fully grasp the importance of the Bible in their own life and when I say they don't really grasp it it's not necessarily that they that they wouldn't testify verbally that the Bible is important most most believers would say yes the Bible is essential we need it we, we need its direction we need its guidance and, and we need it for everyday life but so often we treat it kind of as something that's unnecessary and really something that's somewhat of a uh, an inconvenience even. I've known many, many Christians, myself being one for a, a long period of time, that really uh, just don't don't care to, to take the time every day to be in the Word of God and reading it and studying it and letting it affect them. I, I would venture to guess that there are probably some who sit here that That if if we were to be honest, you'd have to say, you know, my life, I'm kind of busy with this or that. And I really just don't take the time every day to sit down and and read the Bible and to memorize scripture and to make it a part of my daily life. It's a very real problem. Uh, I I counsel people. I've, I've dealt with so many people that are dealing with sin issues in their life, spiritual problems in their life, family issues, and one of the, the first questions that I'll ask them is, "How's your walk with the Lord? Are you reading your Bible and praying every day?" And you know how frequently I get this kind of an eye roll response as, "Oh, that you know, there's the preacher again. Are you re- read your Bible and pray? That's the answer to everything." Well, I, I'm not here to say that reading your Bible and praying is going to solve every problem in your life. But I am going to say, if you've got problems in your life, and you're not reading your Bible and praying every day, that's contributing to your problems. It really is. Because the Word of God is essential, and you need it, and I need it. And, and we need to have this in our lives. And so tonight I want to just talk to you about this particular uh, pa- passage of Scripture, this portion of this psalm, in regard to the importance of the Word of God In our lives as Christians, let's look at verse number one together. It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, the the first word in that verse is the word blessed or blessed. And we tend to think of, of blessings being, you know, something that that something good that happens to us. Uh, you know, I, I'm blessed because of the good things in my life. Maybe my family or or I've got a job that I really enjoy or I have material provisions uh, and I've got good friends and I, I've got a church that I love and therefore I'm blessed. These are all blessings from God, and that's true. But the word here, blessed or blessed, literally, it, it, it refers to a state of being. It refers to being fulfilled, to having joy, to being Happy In fact, sometimes the same word is translated happy. We could really say it this way, Happy are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. If you are a Christian who makes the word of God a priority in your life and live by the word of God, the Bible says that you will be blessed in that, that you will actually find happiness and joy and fulfillment in God's word. And I want you to notice also that it doesn't just say that blessed are they are the undefiled in the way who read the law of the Lord. But it says that they walk in the law of the Lord. It means that they are actually delighting themselves in his word. They're walking in obedience to his word. They're allowing the word of God, the law of the Lord, to affect their lives, to change their lives. And they find joy and happiness and blessing in the Word of God. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I, I know that I do on a regular basis. I, uh, I'm just reminded of how wonderful the Word of God is. When I open it and I read it, and I'll, I'll be honest, there are days that I read my Bible and I read it and, and maybe I learn some things from it, you know, but, but it doesn't really just hit home. But there are days. Where when I get into into the Bible, I mean, there's just something that the Lord shows me that if I wasn't kind of a conservative person, I'd probably just jump up and start running laps around the room, you know? I mean, there's just sometimes it just kind of hits you. It's like a light bulb comes on and and you see something there that, that, that maybe you haven't seen before or you see something there that really answers a particular need in your life, and it just, it just the Lord knows how to take it and apply it in that very moment, and it just is a blessing to your soul. You know what I mean by that? It's a wonderful thing, and and and, but you never experience that if you don't get into the Word of God and and read it and consider it every day. When I when I well, I can't say every day, but most every day, when I open the Bible, I'll ask the Lord to do three things for me. In in the reading of his word. I asked the Lord to teach me something new. Now. I've been studying the Bible for several years now. And I've read through it. I don't know how many times. Many times. I've read through portions of it. Even way more than that. But every time I read the Bible. I learn something new. I do. I learn something new. I guarantee that there are thousands of things about the Bible that you don't know. Sure. Go to the book of 1 Chronicles and quote to me all the genealogies there. <laughs> you can't do it, can you? I know you can't. Or how many people were numbered among the tribe of Gad, you know, when they were going to go to battle? You don't there are things that we learn. Sometimes there are simple little things like that, but boy, there are things sometimes I've thought I'd like to share this with someone that I learned this, but I don't want to look foolish. Maybe I should have known that. Maybe everyone else knows this and I just haven't, for whatever reason, picked up on this before, you know, but I'm constantly learning from the word of God. I need that. Why? Because I need to grow in my understanding. So I say, Lord, show, teach me something from your word. And then I say, Lord, would you Give me a truth today, something that I can really meditate on and chew on. Maybe it's something that, that I just haven't, that I need to consider. Maybe it's something, uh, a, a promise that I really need to stand upon. That, but just give me something that I need today to just kind of dwell on and meditate on that gives me strength for the day. And then the, the last thing that I do is I ask the Lord to show me where my life is not in line with his word and to correct me and to help me to be more like Jesus as a result of that. And you know what? As I pray that, the Lord is always faithful to answer that. He, I'm just telling you, and that's personal testimony, but I'm just telling you, God helps me through his word. And I am a much more joyful and happy Christian when I'm delighting myself in his word and walking in his word. And I can tell you this, on the authority of the word of God, you will be too. If you're someone who doesn't delight yourself in the the word of God, you don't walk in the law of the Lord, as the Bible says. I'm telling you, Christian friend, you're missing out. You are missing out on what God has for you. Some of the greatest blessings that God wants to give you are found on the pages of this book. And there is no possible way... That in a few hours a week from this pulpit, we can ever possibly feed you everything you need. We can't. You have to get into the word of God. You have to delight yourself in it. You have to walk in it. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And then I want you to notice this. It says, verse two, blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Do you know that the primary purpose of the word of God really is not just to inform us or even just to instruct us, but the word of God reveals our God to us. And if you are a Christian who really wants to know the Lord and you really want to seek him, you cannot do so apart from this book. You can't. If you want to know the Lord. By the way that ought to be the pursuit of every Christian. Paul talked about his his life before Christ. And how uh, he spoke of all of his credentials. And and everything that he was prior to salvation. As a religious man. And he said now that in Christ. After I've been saved. I've counted all those things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. That I may know him. That's, that was his desire once he got saved he said now everything I live for the very thing that I get up in the morning to do is to know the Lord to pursue him to seek him and did you know that God has promised that if we will seek him we'll find him he told Israel in Jeremiah chapter 29 he said ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart If you will make it your life's pursuit to know the Lord, to seek after him, he has promised to reveal himself to you, but he reveals himself through his word. And so if you really want to know him, you need to be in his word. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Go with me, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 5. John, chapter 5. And... Jesus here, in a moment of rebuke, (laughs) makes a statement. John 5 and verse 39. It says here, Search the Scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Now, he's obviously referring to the Old Testament scriptures because the New Testament hadn't been penned yet. Now, you can read through the entire New Testament and you will not find anyone named Jesus except the guy who followed after Moses, Joshua, which is the Old Testament form of the New Testament Jesus. Okay, But but you you won't find Jesus of Nazareth in the Old Testament, at least not by name. But you will find him. If you get into the word of God. I mean I don't care where you are. Pick, Pick a book of the Bible. Pick a page of the Bible. Christ is there. Christ is there. He's revealed himself through his word. And here's the thing that I love about it. God doesn't just explicitly tell us everything about himself. There are things about the Lord that we will never understand. At least in this life. There are mysteries that are too high for us to comprehend. But as you get to know the Lord through his word. Can I I say this? You begin to understand the heart of God. You begin to understand some things about him. At least as much as he is. Revealed himself to us. The word of God points us to him. And and helps us to know him. In a personal way. One of of my favorite statements. in In the book of Psalms. Is in Psalm 103. And it makes this statement. About the Lord. It says that he made known. His ways unto Moses. His acts unto the children of Israel. In other words, the nation of Israel, they understood the acts of the Lord. They understood what he did. There was a historical understanding of how the Lord worked on their behalf. And that was a good thing. But Moses understood some things that the rest of the people didn't. He understood the ways of the Lord. God revealed to him his ways. In other words, he began to understand the heart of God and even some of the motivation behind the acts and the things that he did. There was a personal closeness that Moses had with God that the rest of the nation of Israel did not have. Friend, I just want to say to you tonight, I want to know his ways. I want to know the Lord. I want to understand his heart. I want to know him. If you want to know him, you can't find him without this book. The scriptures testify of him. That's the primary purpose of of the word of God is really the pursuit of of, of him personally in a relationship with him. Then we also find in verse number three, it says they also, these are those who walk in the law of the Lord and the word of God that keep his testimonies. It says they also do no iniquity. We just got through a, a study on the book of First John that tells us about that and the fact that God's people, those who are saved, keep themselves and strive to purify themselves and, and live a life that is honoring to the Lord. You say, how can I do that? Well, ultimately, it's through his word. If you want to live a life of, of purity and holiness, you must live a life that is consistent with the word of God and in obedience to it. God's word does act as a guide to us. It instructs us and it gives us understanding. Jesus himself overcame Satan's temptations by by the statement, as it is written, or it is written. In other words, he was pointing back to the word of God to overcome. Now, let me just let you in on a little secret here. Jesus was tempted to sin, meaning that he was being provoked ...by the devil to sin, though he himself knew no sin. He was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus wasn't struggling with a desire to sin. Let me just say that to you. Clarify. He's holy. He's separate from sinners. Jesus wasn't struggling with a desire to sin. But you know what he was doing? He was subjecting himself to the same attacks and temptations that you and I face today... And by doing so, he was setting an example for us in how to overcome the attacks of our enemy. And what did he use? He used the word of God. He used the word of God. Friend, can I ask you, between you and God tonight, do you struggle with sin? I mean, a particular sin that's got a stronghold in your life. Do you struggle with lying and lust or pride or gossip or... Anger? Do you have have a stronghold in your life that you just can't seem to overcome? You know what the answer is? It's the word of God. Those that walk in the law of the Lord, they do no iniquity. That word iniquity, it means wickedness. Let me give you something really practical here. If you have a problem, let's just use an example. If you have a problem with lying, and there are people that really do, and Christian people that really struggle with honesty in their life. You say, I, I just I, I struggle with this. I find myself and whatever it might be. Maybe you're, you lie to get out of situations or, 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 or to get out of trouble. Maybe you just make up tall tales because you're trying to impress people. Whatever it is. You've got this problem with a lying tongue. You know that the Bible addresses that problem over and over and over and over and over again. And even tells us how to get victory over it. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you've got a problem with lying, go home. Start looking up every verse that you can find that deals with that particular sin. Write it out and start working on memorizing it. And the more that you memorize that, when you're tempted to tell a lie, you start bringing to memory what what did God say about this. Look at verse number 11 here. This isn't where we're What we're dealing with tonight. But verse 11 says this. Thy word have I hidden mine heart. That I might not sin against thee. He also said in verse number 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way. Then he answers the question. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. And this is an effective way. Of overcoming strongholds in your life. It's not just lying. It could be any other sin. That you're struggling with. Go to the word of God. Find the answer. And start applying that to your life. You know what you'll find? Victory. Seriously, by the Spirit of God, walking in the Holy Spirit, and walking in the Word of God, you'll find victory. You'll find victory. The Word of God. So powerful. How do I know this? Well, Galatians five sixteen says, Walk in the Spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Jesus said, John 17:17 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth the word sanctify means to be set apart it means to be cleansed it means to be made holy 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for, for correction for instruction in righteousness and then it says that the man of god may be perfect truly furnished unto what all good works You want to do right and live a life that's pleasing to the Lord? Get into the Word of God. I mean, I'm just telling you, folks, it's the answer. The the Word of God is the answer. Blessed are the undefiled in the way uh, who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 3, they they also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. And then verse number 4, very quickly here, he says, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently... So the Lord's commanded us to to delight ourselves in his word and to live in obedience to it. And actually that word keep, he says, "Thou hast commanded us to to keep thy precepts diligently. That word keep doesn't just mean obey. It literally means to preserve or protect or to guard. That's what the word keep means. Do you know what you preserve, what you protect and what you guard? That which is valuable to you. In other words, God's commanded us not only to obey the word of God, but to treasure it, to keep it, and to not lose that which he's given to us. Folks, we live in a generation where the word of God is more accessible and more available than it has ever been in history to anyone ever. I personally own dozens, literally dozens of copies of the Bible. Now, maybe some of you don't own that many. But listen, I've got dozens of printed copies of the Bible. I've got a Bible app on my phone. I have two downloaded computer software programs that, that are the Word of God but also contain helps to be able to study the Word of God and search it. And if I don't have any of those things, I can go online at any time and I can find hundreds of websites that provide the word of God to me free of charge. I'm just saying anywhere you go. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. I mean, they're available. But we in this day and age where the word of God is so accessible, we take it for granted so much We just assume that it's always going to be there. It's always going to be accessible. God warned in in the book of Amos chapter 8. That he was going to send a drought. Of hearing the word of the Lord. And folks there are people today. That live in places. Like China. And North Korea. And Vietnam. And different places where you can be persecuted. For having a Bible. And there are many Many Christians who have no access to the word of God. If you think that that couldn't happen here, it could. We ought to treasure it. Make it a priority in our lives. Commit it to memory and hide God's word in our hearts. And teach our children the word of God. Because there may come a day that it's not as readily accessible and easily available as it is today. We're to keep the word of God because it is to be treasured. It is precious. Psalm 19 tells us that it's more to be desired than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. If you had much fine gold, you wouldn't leave it laying around in a place where it could be easily stolen or easily lost. You would guard it and protect it. You'd put it in a safe or in a bank vault somewhere that it could be kept because you didn't want to lose that which was that which you worked so hard for, that which you have, folks. We have that which is so much more precious than gold. We ought to keep it, guard it, protect it, make it precious. Amen. By the way, just a side note here. This is one reason that I am so adamant about the particular English version of the Bible that we use. I believe firmly, and I have many reasons that we don't have time to get into tonight, that the King James version of the Bible is the preserved word of God in the English language. I believe that God has providentially, he didn't re-inspire his word. There was no need to do that. God gave the word once, but he promised to preserve it. And I believe it's been perfectly preserved From the time it was given, the Bible says, from this generation forever. I believe there has always been a time where the pure word of God was held in the hands of God's people. That it was known and understood. And God providentially, in the English language, provided us with a perfect translation of his word. It doesn't need to be improved upon. We don't need to find older and more reliable manuscripts that nobody for thousands of years. New. Existed. We just need to take God at his word. And stand upon it. Don't let people pre- pervert. What God has given to us. And preserved. Amen. Guard it. Keep it. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. Diligently. Amen. And then very very quickly tonight. I just want to show you verse number five. Oh that my ways. Were Directed. To keep thy statutes. Here here the psalmist. Listen. think, Think of the irony of this. The psalmist. Which many believe to be David. The sweet psalmist of Israel. Is penning these words. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God used him to write so much scripture himself. You would say. This is a man who delights in God's word. In his law. And what's he saying? He's pleading with God. To give him a greater desire for his word. He's pleading with God and saying, Lord, direct direct my ways into your statutes, into your word, into your law. Help me, Lord, to, to love it and live it and obey it. So many today would probably say, oh, you know what, David, you already worship the word of God. I've been told that before, sometimes... I've been told, boy, you, you Baptists, you worship the Bible, you make an idol out of the Bible. Can I ask you, how could you possibly make an idol out of that which God has given and said this is more to be desired than gold? Treasure it, keep it, protect it, hide it in your heart, live by it. How can you make an idol of that which God has given to us? It's, it's crazy. But here's the thing. David says, as much as I love the word of God, as much as I recognize the blessing of the word of God, from his heart, he cries out and says, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Lord, would you help me to love your word more, to be more obedient to your word than I have been? Verse 6, he says, "Then, then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. You see... Adherence to the word of God results in success. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want my life to be a failure or an embarrassment to the Lord or to his cause. The Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Why? He said, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. I will not be ashamed when I have respect on all thy commandments. Then he said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. The more I learn the word of God, the more I treasure the word of God, the more I know the Lord... And honestly, the more sincere is my worship of God. I will praise thee with, a, with uprightness of a heart. With, with sincerity of heart, I will worship the Lord because I love him. As we grow in our knowledge of the, Lord, of the word of God, we grow in our love for the Lord. And then he said in verse number 8, I will keep thy statutes. Now verse 4, he said, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. But verse 8, is a, it, it's a purpose statement of his life. He's saying, this is what I'm going to do. I will keep thy statutes. Amen. When will I keep thy statutes? When will I be obedient to your words? When my ways are directed to keep thy statutes. When, when, when my heart is in the word of God... And then he says this, this last statement, Oh, forsake me not utter, utterly. In other words, don't leave me to myself. Man left to himself. It clearly leads to destruction. But he says, forsake me not utterly. Help me, Lord, by your grace and by your mercy to live in accordance to your word. And friend, tonight, I just I just want to encourage you. I don't care if you're newly saved or if you've been in... In church, your whole life, and maybe you've been saved for many, many years, we all have room to grow in our love for this book, in our adherence to it, in our faithfulness to it. And if you are like one of the many, many, many Christians who struggles to read the Bible on a consistent basis, to be in the Word of God daily, You're not alone, but friend, I'm I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're missing out. There is so much richness and goodness and blessing that God wants to give you. Found in the pages of this book. Get into it. Study it. Read it. It, This is the unsearchable riches of Christ. You'll never exhaust. I had had a, a guy tell me. And I really question this guy's salvation. He he literally told me. He said I read through the Bible once. 30 years ago. And I haven't picked it up since. He said when I need something. The Lord just kind of shows me. If that guy is saved. He's so deceived. And he has wasted so much time. He's missed out on so much. That God's wanted to do in his life. And friend you and I miss out. When we don't treasure this book.